This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 113. Membership communities are all the rage. I know. But how do you put one together that adds value and is profitable too? Well, our guest today is the perfect person to talk to about that. And also, he has a great radio voice. So stand by. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. We are so excited to have Warwick Brown today on Communities That Convert. He is the founder of Account Manager Tips, and he helps organizations grow client revenue and retention by empowering account management teams with the tools and the mindset to succeed. He's also the creator of his new membership community, the CAM Club, which I personally like because the CAM Club, I mean, really? It's a private learning community helping busy account managers get results. I'm so excited to have him here today. Yeah, me too. I've known Warwick for years through my various Twitter chats, both Twitter Smarter and Social ROI. I can tell you he's super smart. He's witty and always fun to talk to. He was even a recent guest on my Twitter Smarter podcast. If you want to check that out, I'll have the link in the show notes, or you can just go to MadelineSklar.com. So Warwick, we're so happy you're here with us. Me too. I'm thrilled. And it's sort of full circle because it was actually one of your podcasts, the Communities That Convert podcast, that actually got me thinking, why am I not doing this? So to be able to now spend some time with you to talk about where I'm at with that journey with membership sites is fantastic. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, wow. Great. That's so neat. Mm. I didn't know that. So we're really excited about that too. We love when people take action. That's one of our big things in in this Mm. podcast is action takers. The secret word. (laughs) Action. (laughs) Oh man, that's good. So what were you doing before you started to build your membership community? Like what kind of sparked this off? So it goes back a couple of years ago, maybe two, two and a half years ago. I was work. I mean, I only just quit my job at the end of June, but I have been in the corporate world for a long, 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 long time and was hitting a bit of a ceiling in terms of my career. People couldn't see that my skills were transferable. I was really struggling to get jobs outside my industry or even interviews. And then I just had this realization one day that I could do something about it. And that was like take control of my career, my brand and start to blog and take on social media and just be more re- proactive instead of reactive to you know opportunities. That kind of just created this whole kind of Pandora's box, I guess, of opportunities. Because you know, once you put it out there, you know, you kind of like give to receive, and all these people start talking to you. And eventually, my blog, you know, I get a lot of traction. I get maybe eight or ten thousand visitors a month, something like that. I had a couple of really good lead magnets on some of the that answered the challenges that key account managers have. I then decided to build a course 
And then eventually, after I did the course, I was like, where do I take these people after they've done the course? And eventually, I just launched this camp club. So in a long-winded way of saying, I've been working for somebody else up until the end of July. Yeah, no, it's great. And key account managers, I'm mm-hmm. sure that many people that are on the podcast don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of explain your audience to us and who they are? So key account managers, or just in general, account managers are responsible for the managing and leading the overall partnership between you as a supplier and your customer as the buyer. And there are different levels of account managers. You may have smaller customers that don't need a lot of you know, time and attention, and maybe it's a little bit more reactive. You just make sure they get the most from your solution. Then you have much more important customers that have much more strategic value and commercial value. So you put more of your time and energy and effort into developing those accounts. And that's what key account managers do. They make sure that not only do they keep their customers, but they grow and retain them and you know add mutual value to those uh, partnerships. So it's a big job. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit more about what motivated you to start this membership community? You kind of touched on it a little yeah. bit. We'd kind of like to, for our listeners to know a little bit more, like to, so that we're glad that we got you excited and inspired through one mm. of our podcast episodes. But can you just kind of give us a little bit more insight into why there's so many ways to put content out there? Mm. So tell us a little bit more why with the whole membership. So I've had my blog going for two years. I've got a decent sized email list. I think it's maybe 3,000 people. It's not huge, but there's enough and I get reasonable engagement. And when people sign up to my email list, they get maybe five emails, an email sequence. And the end of that is a survey and, you know, invite them to tell me what their challenges are. And time and time as I you know, received these surveys, I could see that people were really struggling, either no processes, no systems, no support. Their leadership wasn't giving, developing them. Might be in a small business where there's two or three account managers, or even one account manager. You're the only person, and you have no idea where to start. And it kind of got me thinking: Well, how can I help these people beyond writing a blog post every week or putting out the odd video? You know, go deeper. From that survey, somebody, a few people had said, "Oh, I really struggle with senior relationships. I really struggle to build strategic relationships with like VPs and CEOs and you know directors and important people in my customers' business." So I wrote a course. I sold it before I wrote it, which I would never recommend, despite what people say, because all of a sudden it's insane. It's crazy. You sell it and now you're obligated to deliver it, which on one hand, I guess you end up with a course, but the pressure and the stress of trying to come up with decent content and not just put something out there because you're short on time is overwhelming. So if you are going to think about getting a course done, at least what your templates are, at least know where you're going to host the platform, at least have an outline of your course, at least have some of this stuff done so that when people do buy, you've got a bit of a head start. I didn't have any of that. Anyway, had a few students go on that. And then I was like, well, I didn't think about it. I just wrote it because somebody said, why don't you write it? Turns out that's literally the end of the journey for somebody. You know, that's an, where an experienced account manager would go. I still had this huge gap of knowledge and stuff I could give to people that were on the way to that. I kind of started at the end instead of the beginning. And I had nowhere to take them because they kind of were at the very end of what they would probably want from a membership or a course, I mean. So I thought, then I listened to your podcast, literally. I was like, what the heck do I do this darn course? Like, I'm just, I spent all this time in it. And it's like, and then I heard your podcast, my membership site, perfect. I'll throw that in as a course, like bundle that into the membership site. And then I'll use the community and I'll start to put out smaller courses and webinars and all this content that I'd stored up and written that hadn't really been published yet and throw that into the community 
instead of like writing another course and another course and another course. So yeah, it was literally the journey of like building, responding to feedback from my site visitors, creating a course, realizing I created the wrong course, probably as a first course. And then listening to your podcast, thinking memberships is the way to go. Give it a go. It still took me about three or four months to actually turn it into a thing, but that's how it happened. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So are you doing this cam club, the community Mm -hmm. before then the course or is the kind of how does the progress go, the progression? So I haven't really built the pathway yet. So the course is just in there. I had it created. I'm using Mighty Networks and they have a course feature built into the platform. So I just moved the course over from Thinkific where it was hosted and it's now there as a freebie. Like it's and what did you say that what did you say offer. that was? The networks what? Mighty networks. Mighty networks. Okay. Yeah. Cool. They're a membership community site, platform yeah. software, and that's who I use. I tried to do it myself and the tech overwhelm just was insane. I wasted two days trying to figure out WordPress and Memberium and learning management systems and I was like, I can't deal with this. It's just too hard. So theirs is out of a box ready to go and it's really, really great. I love the love the platform. Uh, so yeah, I bundled it into that. And then I've been working on upgrading my, I had loads of guides and content upgrades and a whole bunch of stuff. I did 20 Facebook lives last year. And based on Amy Porterfield's advice, who, who runs online marketing made easy, she was like, when you do a live, make sure there's a download that goes with it. So I did a whole bunch of these. So I had them ready to go, but I don't even use them once in these live streams. So I just polished them up and made them look professional so that people thought, you know, they look like they're worth some money and uploaded all of those. And I had like 20 tools, templates, hired a couple of people from Upwork just to polish off some of my Excel documents and make them look pretty and do some sanity checking on some of my formulas. Done. Sorted. Wow. That's awesome. Kudos to you for listening to your audience, listening to your community, getting their feedback and going for it. I think that's the hardest part for so many people is like they want to start a membership site. They want to do a course. But getting started is the hardest part. So I think it's great that you took all this content you had and put it out there in a format that people can get so much out of. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised if you have been work, if you have got a list and if you are blogging or if you are doing some sort of social media or YouTube channels, you'd be surprised how much content you actually already have. And if you can just pluck out some of the best of those, maybe just tweak them a little, repurpose them, turn them into PDFs with some better formatting and pull it in a bit of a a linear, you know, one, two, three step, or at least group it by a topic. So I've, I haven't got the steps in place yet, but I have created all the topics. So I'm kind of structuring my site around my membership site around topics. There's some pretty cool content there. You know, I don't say like just copy and paste a word, you know, your blog into a word document and call it a day. I think, you know, you need to invest a little bit more time if you're not, you know, great at graphic design then hire somebody and upload. But I'll tell you what my tip is. I mean, it's a little bit of, um, you know, what is it? Good artists copy great artists steal. And, <laughs> you know, I have downloaded so many opt-ins over the years. I have hundreds of PDFs from sites, big and small, all over the internet. So I just went through them. And I'm like, oh, I really like that format. Oh, that is perfect. And I just recreated it in Word using boxes and, you know, was able to really, really easily, I didn't use InDesign, I just used Word as best I could to replicate the format and then put my own spin on it. And I have like four super slick and really nice templates, simply taking inspiration from other people's design. So that was an easy way for me to pull those guides into something that was pretty nice looking. So that's great because I think it's really great how you've taken what you already have and you've repurposed it 
um, and used it to put your whole entire course together. I mean, that's really brilliant. So how would you recommend that others do this if they're thinking about starting a membership community as well? I definitely think do a bit of research. There's plenty of advice out there on the internet around how to start a a community. Definitely your podcast is a great place to start. That's where I got my inspiration from. Look at some of these different platforms. Look at what you want, how this is going to fit into your lifestyle, what commitments you can make. Because one thing that people need to be aware of is running a membership site is a lot of work. A course is one and done. You do it and then you're basically just marketing it and trying to attract students into it. A membership site, you got to show up every day. You have to show up every week. You have to show up every month. You have to plan out themes and ask questions and encourage people to engage. It's actually a lot more difficult than you might think at first, but certainly make sure you've got the time to commit and that you've really focused in and zeroed in on what your audience is looking for. Take a look at analytics, you know, your Google analytics or your social media analytics and see what kind of content people are responding to and resonating with. That could give you some clues. And I mean, this space that I'm in, I've been as a career, I've been pursuing it, but I have the blog and I've had a lot of interaction with visitors to my site. So that really helped me pinpoint my niche and what I could do. But I think, yeah, experiment, or I shouldn't say experiment, just do your homework, do some research. See, is it crowded as well? You don't want to be one of like 50 membership sites in your space because Mm -hmm. that's going to be tough gig. And also think, is it going to be paid or free? I think there's a big difference between are you wanting to start a free Facebook group or a free group on you know, LinkedIn or a free group in Mighty Networks versus something you want to charge people for. And big difference in that as well. Yeah. So you weren't really worried about having a fewer number of people in this niche, you know, like you feel like is going niche down, you're still serving plenty of people, you know, instead of being more broad. Absolutely. So what what made me realize smaller is better? I saw Caitlin Batcher, Zach Spuckler, both had free Facebook groups, 60,000. 70,000 people, they closed them down. They said, we're not getting the return on investment. It's taking up too much time. We're not making any money. I'm like, these are huge names that are making millions in their products. And then they're shutting down their free Facebook groups. Why do I think I'm going to make money out of them if they can't? Mm-hmm. And they know what they're doing. So I'm like, no, I'm not. And Facebook's very distracting. People don't go on there really to learn. And I really wanted to have a learning focus because I had the course and I had a lot of how-to content. So I didn't want it just to be a support group you know, a mutual admiration society. I wanted it to be something that people were going to come to and specifically want to go and learn something. And I didn't think Facebook was the right place for that. And I didn't think free was going to get people to uh, to invest the time. You know, when it's free, and I know myself, I've signed up for loads of free stuff. I never go back to it. I pay money, you're damn right, I'm going to do it, you know? So that was part of the other mo- reason why I really wanted to go for a paid model in a smaller community. Yeah, that's great. And have you found that they've actually followed you there? Like they're coming there and they're engaging there? A little. Engagement is hard, I will say. I'm, you know, I kind of thought, well, if you're paying money, surely you're going to come in and chat and talk. And, you know, I have a, as my part of the offer is a one-on-one call with me, a 30-minute call. And only a couple of people have taken that up. And I'm, I was surprised. I just thought people would be pouncing at that. But I think you have to, you don't take engagement for granted just because people pay money. That doesn't mean they're automatically going to be turning up every day. And I think I read somewhere like 90% of the you know people in these groups and on social media are lurkers. And you probably know that too, like with you know your social media feeds and things like that. You know, you look at all your followers, you're not they're not all like retweeting your tweets and liking your tweets and replying to your tweets. You know, they're they're probably reading them. Doesn't mean that they're all engaging and interacting with them, but doesn't mean that they're not getting value from it. So I think you have to kind of disconnect. Engagement isn't 
doesn't mean people aren't still enjoying what you're putting out. Well, yeah, some people no, just great. don't have time for it, you know? No. Every one of my versions of Video Like a Rockstar Mastermind Membership Program I did last year, every single time, half of the people that signed up were the active, participating, doing all the daily assignments. The other half weren't engaging. And that's not to say they weren't getting value. They're on a different timetable. You know, this was a daily program that works best if you're doing the assignments daily for three weeks. So it doesn't take away from me putting out a program like that. I mean, everybody's different. I've signed up for programs where I wanted to do it. I don't have the time right now. I'll do it on my own time later. So I do that all the time, you know, so it's a great point you bring up. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And, you know, you're talking about pay. And I think that's a really important part of this. Obviously, you know, you have a paid group. People are doing stuff. So you have two price points. I think you've got a monthly, you know, rotating price point, which was around twenty three ninety nine last time I looked. Mm-hmm. And that you give them a little bit of a discount if they pay up front for a mm-hmm. whole year. So mm-hmm. kind of talk a little bit about how you chose those price points and where you were, where your thinking was in that. I mean, the price point I struggled with, that was the biggest decision I had to make. I mean, I would love it to be more, but I also wanted it to be affordable. I didn't feel confident that I had enough content there to maybe be worth a premium price point. I mean, I really, I was literally coming there. I tried so many different ways of calculating. I was like, how much money would I need to make to replace my income? Okay, I'll charge everybody 500 bucks a year. Then I was like, well, no one's going to pay that for a launch. And then, then I was like, well, then that's suddenly unaffordable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I went with an opening founding offer of 20 bucks. Then that was open for like 10 days, two weeks, something like that. Then I closed that and now it's 24 or 23.99 with a 20% discount for an annual upfront. And I've got a little founding member, a special group, which is there as an extra. So um, a little bit extra things for the founding members, but I thought, you know what, let's just get a price out there that was stopping me from going live, get something affordable. I can always increase the price if the product evolves or the content evolves or the community grows to a point where it's worth more, or maybe I just get a whole bunch of members and I won't need to. So I think don't sweat that too much, particularly if you've never done this before and you've never, you know, think about what your minimum is that you're going to need and think you can get from your existing audience and take it from there. Otherwise, you'll drive, turn yourself inside out. And it's important to know your audience really well and know mm. what is a good price point for that particular audience. You know, I used to be in the music business working with independent musicians who don't heard notorious for not making much money. So mm. I couldn't, if I try to charge more than, you know, a higher amount, it never worked. I always had to keep it at a price point that worked for that community. So it's always good to know your community really well. And it sounds like these price points you came up with is a good starting point. And as you build more content into the membership, you can always up it. I always see a lot of membership owners doing things like that. You know, you start low and work your way up as you build it out. And as more word of mouth and more promotions get out there. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about how did you launch this membership and what were some of the most successful parts of it? So I've tried to work backwards. So I think you have to give yourself a deadline because I kept moving it all the time. I was like, oh, next week, next week, next week. Suddenly three months went past. So I eventually was like, this is the day come hell or high water, it's happening. And then I kind of worked backwards. So I did about a 10-day email sequence, which was about five emails. So the first email was just announcing it because I thought some people might just buy it right up. Like, I don't need to tease the whole thing. I'll just say to people, it's launched. If you want in, go grab it. And a few people actually bought it on the spot, which was great. Then I had, I did a webinar, 
which so I kept emailing my list and did some ads on Facebook to a webinar, which was how to be a great key account manager, 20 things you need to know. And I, you know, I kind of walked them through the process and gave them a resource for every single one. And then I did another email that said, do you want to chat? And I installed an instant chat you know, with uh, GIST, it's called. I think, I don't think it's called that anymore, VMO or something, but it's like Drift. It's like a little chat bot. And I just said, come and chat. So that was one of the emails. And then that was about it. I sent a couple of reminders and I got, you know, 25 people in the first kind of 10 days. So I was pretty happy with that. I kind of, in hindsight, wished I'd have done a little bit more of that, you know, lead up. Oh, it's coming. It's on its way. Here's a few behind the scenes things. Oh, I did do a behind the scenes video. Sorry. One of those was the, I think the third email was a behind the scenes video where I showed them underneath, you know, inside the membership site. So I recorded that and that was it. Introduction, what was that? Announcement, behind the scenes, webinar, do you want to chat, cart close was about it. And, a, and another reminder on the final day. And the other thing that worked really well was I had a, a trigger saying, if you didn't open the first email announcing it after two days, resend it, but I did it with a different subject line. And that worked really well. I got Ooh, a few that's members smart. from that. Because I, I was like, like oh, people do miss stuff. So let me send it again. And, and that was that was really good. And then they fell into the rest of the sequence after that. That is such a, that's like an excellent mm. tip. That's, that's a, you, Kimmy and I are really mm. into doing these like ninja tips now. Yeah. And that is a ninja mm. tip right there. Because mm. like a great example, I'll just be like looking at my emails real quick and not necessarily open. I'm looking like a, looking for the importance one that I need to open right this minute. And mm. I'll see something like that. Oh, I need to go back to that later. But sometimes we get so busy later mm. does not happen. And then yes. we need that that reminder. And I think too many times people are scared to, they're thinking they're bothering people, but many mm-hmm. times people are open to like that second time, mm-hmm. that reminder, like, oh yeah, and it can be worth it in increased sales. So that's super smart. I love it. It's not like yours is the only email left in their inbox. It'll be way, <laughs> way, way down by the time the second one comes in. You know what I mean? You're Very so true. good there because that's so mm-hmm. true. I mean, it just seems like that, you know, emails are like rabbits. They increase if you leave them alone <laughs> together for too long. <laughs> they do. Don't turn your back on them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. So th- that's really, really, really helpful, I think, for for people that are thinking about doing this. And how long, I mean, I didn't have this as one of our questions, but how often do you think that you're going to like relaunch so I'm actually, I listened to, I don't know if you guys listen to Rick Mulready, but he has literally this week done a podcast about his live live video training launch. And I really, really enjoyed it. He did a pop-up group and he really goes uh, into detail around how he did that. Now it's for a, you know, a, you know, a cart close, not an evergreen like mine is, but I'm literally going to do a pop-up Facebook group. So the next thing I'm going to email my list is a five-day training, and he kind of goes, okay, you do training on the the Thursday. No, I think it's like Thursday. What is it? Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then cut close. Something like that. There's like three training sessions plus a wrap-up and an offer, and you do it in a pop-up Facebook group that goes for 10 days, and you'll still train them on something. So they'll still leave with some really good value, even if they don't take you up on the offer. But um, I'm going to do that. Uh, so I kind of want to do every quarter something quite big like that. And then I'm also looking at trying to get some sort of evergreen Facebook ads thing that's cheap, like a dollar a day. I don't want to be spending a lot of money because I'm not making a lot at the moment, but something that can try and drip feed a few members and then just be a bit more, less tentative on social media. I'm a bit like, you know, like I don't like to sign off and say at the end, hey, join my course. You know, people watch my video and then I'm like, 
comment below. Like maybe I need to do a bit more of a call to action than just leave a comment. You know, how about sign up to my damn membership site? So, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you have to be, I think you've got to, like, I'm not apologizing for this. It's great value. I've already shared good value in my social media post, in my video. What is wrong with me adding a little 30-second thing at the end saying, hey, if you want more of this, come over to my minute. So I've got to be really more focused on that, not just content for content's sake, but actually having it have some purpose at the end with a call to action. Actually, that sounds really good. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people are struggle with because you don't want to be too salesy as you're going into gr- other groups, especially because people don't like that either whenever mm. you're saying do this. But so how do you do that in a way that is, you know, brings people toward you? And that's a really good one. Maybe that's an episode we should do because I have some ideas around that. But that's really a great thought because there you are. So and that's and last- social media. How, how, how have you used social media to promote the course? The membership. Uh, I did do some behind the scenes stuff. I did do a few little 30 second, you know, mini promos. I have started in one of my last YouTube videos. I said it was literally at the very end. I talked through a how to have a successful meeting. And then at the end, I said, now, if you want to, you know, a full use guide on how to have a successful meeting, including a template, if you're in the CAM club, head on over to the resources section. You'll find it there. If you're not in the CAM club, what are you waiting for? Head on over to camclub.com. That was it. That's all it took. And had a picture of the, the cover of the user guide. It's like, that's easy. That's not a hard sell. That's not really difficult to add to the end of a video. So I'm doing some more of that, but I haven't. That's one of my things up there. I'm, I'm looking at my vision board because I've actually got there, you know, some, um, some notes to, to do my more, more of that sort of stuff. That's yeah. great. And you, you have, uh, are you using a private Facebook group as part of this, of your membership? No. Or how, how are you doing your ongoing engagement and, and talking to people and getting them talking? What do you use? Because, you know, most people use those private Facebook groups. What mm-hmm. are you using? I'm just using Mighty Networks. They have, they have posts. Anybody can post. It's like a forum topics, but it's threaded and it looks a bit Facebooky. It has articles. It has a event section. It has an entire group chat. So I can have a host a group chat with every single member. So a bit like a Twitter chat, but I, I can do it within my own community. I can set up Zoom events. I, I've got all the course set up in there and all my user guides. I'm not going to Facebook. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to have a free Facebook group to put people into a paid group. I just right. like, that just seems like more work. I give a lot of free content anyway. And I know you're both very generous as well when it comes to sharing information and knowledge and and putting uh, great content and value out there for Paul. I'm like, I need something where I get some money back. And it's not because I want to be a, a, a squillionaire and rob people blind. It's because it costs money to put this stuff out in time. And, you know, I kind of am accustomed to having a roof over my head. So <laughs> I feel like this is a fair exchange and there needs to be a piece of the internet that me and my community can go. And there's a paywall because that's where you're going to get the best of me and the most of me and more access to me in that space. And I just was like too divided on time to like set up a whole Facebook group. I do like the idea of a pop-up group because that's like a short term, like, okay, seven it's days. It's in, it's out, right? It's yeah. in, it's out. You'll leave with something. I'm not having this ongoing maintenance and having to do, hey, let's celebrate you, share a success on, you know, posts on a Monday and give me a question of the week on a Tuesday. And I'm going to really like spend all that time trying to like crank up the engagement. It's like you're in with a purpose and then you get out. And either you come to the community afterwards, or at least you leave with a good time and some more knowledge and and, and we've all helped each other along the way. Yeah, this, this is amazing stuff you're sharing, Warwick. You're like in the trenches, you're doing it. You're not just saying, hey, I'm the expert and, and here's the method. 
here's the, you know, like the big influencers do. You're like one of us that's just out there doing it and sharing what's working for you, what's not, and giving us a really clear picture of steps to take to do this. So we want to go ahead and close this out with one last question for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. What are three tips you would give for people looking to launch a paid community? If people are looking to launch a paid community, I would definitely recommend that you pay very close attention to your existing audience. Now, start with a survey, do polls on Twitter, like use, take advantage of the opportunity to engage and like say, hey, listen, if I was to start a membership community, what are your struggles? What are you looking at? Make sure you're like super clear on what you're going to deliver and what your, your spin is. I think you need to look to other people that are in that space. So do your research, listen to the Community Convert podcast, go to the membership guys. They've got great stuff. Look at Stream McLaren, look at all these other people in this space that are sending out content about how to launch a success. Because I mean, there's a lot to it. So think about that. And then in terms of price point and getting it out there, start with something you're comfortable with and just pull the trigger. Like ultimately, will you have five people? Will you have 10 people? Will you have one person? There's always it's a revol- it's a two-way door, I think Jeff Bezos calls them. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Nobody turns up. You get one person who then becomes a raving fan. Like whatever it might be, there is no there's no worst case scenario out of it. There's nothing that you can't back out of. Refund everybody their money and say, you know what, wasn't such a great idea after all. Whatever. But just pull the trigger. Love that. I love that so much because yeah, again, action. And so that will be your action item for this episode. And um, we're gonna say that, you know, if you're interested in starting an online paid community that you do the research. So who is it you're going to serve and what is it that they want and start talking to people. And by the way, if you put out content, that's when people start reacting to it. So if you're putting some content out there, I think that helps too, right? So start listening to what people say, write it all down, put it in an Evernote. I do. I have Evernote and I just... When I'm out and about, I actually grab phrases that people say and I put it into what I'm calling the word vault. I have this thing, I'm calling it the word vault. And I pull together phrases, I dump them into Evernote in categories based on my course that I'm building right now. And I look at their struggles, you know, and they're not even necessarily talking to me. They're talking about their struggles in general to whomever, like we're asking a question. So I think that's really, really valuable what you just said. So I would call that our action item for this episode is that you go out and you start to build a word, your own word vault, you know, open up Evernote, Word, Documents, you know, Google Docs, whatever it is you like to use, and start to just cut and paste phrases and of struggles that people have into this word vault. And then you can use that in your advertising, you can use it to build content, you can use it to echo back to your audience um, how you're solving their problem with their words. I really think that that's really, really powerful. And so thanks for that, Warwick. Warwick. So Tell us how people can get in touch with you because I know people are going to want to get in touch with you after this episode. I hope so. I'd love to hear from you. So you can find me at Warwick A. Brown on the social media platform of your choice. I I do lean towards Twitter and LinkedIn. And of course, just go to thecamclub.com and you will find more about the information there. And you can also see how to reach me from there. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Warwick. This was great. A lot of great information you shared. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the invitation. It was a great time. Thank you. And thanks awesome. for everyone for listening. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Communities That Convert. And in the meanwhile, if you want to join our private Facebook community, you can go on to the internet, to Facebook, and go to, and you're better at this URL than I am, Madeline, but go for it. 
<laughs> you said convert forward slash group, I think. Uh, forward slash, I think it's group. See, now you put me on the spot with that, Cami. I'll have to type it up real quick and double check, but I'm pretty sure it's group. Yeah, group, not groups. So communities at convert.com slash group, G-R-O-U-P. They'll take you right to our Facebook group. And we want you to join and use the secret word to get in. What's that secret word, Cami? Action. Yeah, action. Awesome. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's sweet spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.